0: Welcome to the weekly podcast, Stand Strong. I'm Paul White.
1: And I'm Noah Dieselkamp. Together, we look to God's Word to find energy and
0: encouragement to fuel our faith. When our trust in Jesus is firm, we'll be amazed what God can do and accomplish in our lives. So let's turn to the wisdom in God's Word, a true and trusted source that is going to help us stand strong. Let's dig in. Well, hello again, and welcome to our listening audience. Noah, welcome to you today. Welcome in the studio. We're in season four, 21st century discipleship. We ended off last week uh, about evangelism. We didn't quite get through what we wanted to get through. Uh, some other things we wanted to share about this and talk about this, just some practical discussions about evangelism. We spent a lot of time about how we live how we interact with people, uh, ways that we can serve that just builds a bridge to connect with other people, so we can share the right information. I mean, we're trying to make everything about Jesus, especially when we're talking about 21st century discipleship. So, just want to continue that discussion again today, Noah, about evangelism.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know, if you're if you're listening and you're still digesting uh, the Thanksgiving meal from several days ago, I get that, but hopefully, we'll be able to put our our brains to good use today as we as we consider what it means to to like you said just a moment ago put jesus at the at the center of evangelism if we're doing evangelism and jesus isn't at the center we're we're doing it wrong we we may think that sounds silly but it's very easy to let evangelism get off the tracks and forget that jesus and and the message that surrounds the good news that surrounds jesus that's what's attractive about the gospel message <laughs> that's what makes it good news and sometimes we we try to share the message in a way that doesn't center on Him. Or perhaps we try to bring people to Him without centering the message on Him. And that's inevitably going to disappoint. That's yes, inevitably yes. going to fail.
0: What are some things, practical discussion, you know, because you and I have had conversations with other people. Other people, you know, well, you're going to talk about evangelism. Currently, you've been teaching on it, Noah. And so people have real genuine questions, they, they want to get helpful information. because it's not a one size fit all. Right. So what are some practical things that people can think about we want to think about when we talk about evangelism?
1: Yeah. So this is something that I, I did mention in the class that we have going on here at the Cedar Park Church right now. And it's also something I said at the end of last episode, and I feel like it, it needs some explanation, but I feel like it's a good place to start. And that is that the gospel— never fails. I said that last episode and I didn't really I didn't really give much of an explanation and I I think it's important that we understand what I mean by the gospel never fails. I think it's an accurate description of the gospel to say that the gospel accomplishes what it is supposed to accomplish. It pinpoints the heart. Mm-hmm. It challenges the heart. It convicts the heart. How the heart responds is a different question. Right. And so the the example that I always like to point to is the same message, the same message that 3,000 people heard and believed on the day of Pentecost, that got Stephen stoned. So what's the difference there? Same message, same Jesus, same resurrection, same good news. The difference was the people who heard it, they were pricked to the heart, and their response was, well, on, on one day we believe, when we're going to be baptized, we're going to commit to Jesus. On the other day, we're going to kill you for yeah. what you just said. Yeah. And so what I mean by that, the gospel is it's a, a form of sifting. It's a form of a refining fire. If you take the sifting analogy, it's going to separate the wheat from the chaff. There's the pure heart, the heart that seeks God. It will respond to the truth. The heart that wants to reject God it's going to reject the truth. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think I think that that's an important place for us to start when we're talking about some of the practical nitty-gritty because we can get real lost in the practical parts of evangelism and forget that in the end, it's not us. Right. <laughs> the gospel is not going to fail. Now, uh, we still need to do our best in presenting the gospel accurately speaking the truth in love. And we need to make sure, like we talked about extensively last time, we need to make sure that our lives are a reflection of the gospel so that we're not we're not bringing reproach on the gospel. Instead, we're adorning the gospel of Christ. Mm-hmm. But we also have to remember that ultimately the power is in the gospel and the gospel is not going to fail.
0: Yes, the power is in the gospel, which is another way of saying the power is in God. Yes. The power is not in us. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message priest to save those who believe. So you're dealing with the power in the message, the power of the gospel, the power in God, but the responsibility of, of the hearts of those, the audience who's listening. Yes. And uh, so I, I would offer this to connect to what you're saying one of the helpful things I have shared with people is make sure that you don't feel the need. We must not rely on our own abilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether those abilities are weak or strong, our human efforts are not what matters. Yeah. Now, again, that's not me saying, like you said, do your best. Uh, <laughs> uh, as humans, we have a role in this. But again, I cannot lean on my own understanding. I cannot trust in my own methods because I, I could be guilty sometimes of thinking that the way to bring people to Christ and the way to convert people is through this technique or this approach. Right. And we get fixated on techniques and approach rather than putting faith in God. The power's in the gospel, and we need to pray, the, uh, the power absolutely. of prayer. And so I've offered to people, before you speak to people about people, speak to God about people.
1: <laughs> yes, that is so important. And, and prayer is such a powerful tool that God has provided for us. And He he wants us to make disciples. He will equip us to make disciples in, in the way that He sees fit. And, and something that I think connects with what you're talking about just a moment ago is ultimately we, we want to do our best, but the power is not in us. And sometimes I hear someone say, well, you know, I want to evangelize but i don't have what i i don't have what i need i don't have the resources i need or the the time that i need or the opportunities that i need and there's a lot of things that we feel like we need in order to evangelize so sometimes i think it's helpful for us to understand there are there are things that we need to evangelize there are things that we that we must have if we are going to evangelize but there are a lot of things we don't need in order to evangelize. And as an example, we don't need every answer to every question that someone might possibly ask.
0: Sure hope not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If so, we're in trouble. Yeah, but I I think that's one of the most common fears is what if, you know, what if someone asks a question and I don't know the answer? Well, that's okay. That happens, that literally happens to everybody. If there's somebody that, that claims to have an answer to every question, they either haven't heard very many questions or they fake it every time they they hear a question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so if if you're waiting to have every answer to get involved in evangelizing, you're never going to you're never going to evangelize.
0: No, and I think ultimately, you know, the appearance of an approach that even has any semblance of I've got it all figured out and I've got all the answers to all of your questions. I mean, that would turn me off pretty quickly. Yeah. It just would. I mean, yeah. I, I can say I don't have an answer. I'll try to find one or let's work through this together. Or some questions, it's just I don't know. Right. And I don't, to be honest, nobody knows. Even if somebody tells you they know, we can't know. We can't right. know. Right.
1: And And on the ones that we don't know, but perhaps we can know, I mean, what an opportunity to say, I don't know, but let's study that together. Let's yeah. figure that out.
0: Yeah, I have offered this, and, and I think you would agree because you and I have talked about this before. This is kind of not a 101 of evangelism. This may be a 301 or a 401 of evangelism. <laughs> that, that is, learned from mistakes that I have made. One of the mistakes that I made is going into a study. So somebody agrees to have a Bible study with me, and so I'm going to do most of the teaching. Uh, I, I get the inquiring mind wants to know and asks a lot of questions. One of the mistakes I made was... Uh, trying to entertain all those questions in the beginning, yeah. and then the train got off the tracks pretty early. So, yeah. what advice would you give to somebody who who's now found someone who says, "Hey, I'm willing to study. Let's down. Let's sit down and study." What What would you tell them? Well, I mean, first of all, you got to
1: know who you're studying with. Yes. So, I mean, as a teacher, one of the best things you can do is ask enough questions to understand who you're trying to teach. Get to know them their their background, their interests, their level of understanding. The classic example we like to pull from Acts, you've got Philip, and all he knows about this Ethiopian eunuch is he's got, you know, he's got that scroll. So he starts there and he he teaches him Jesus from the Old Testament prophets. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the classic example, but the more we can understand the person we're talking to, the better we will be able to teach them the truth of the gospel. That would be where you want to start. But even so, you were talking about getting off track. Uh, The other thing to keep in mind is we got to understand what what the core of the gospel message is. There are a lot of interesting topics in the Bible. There are a lot of interesting questions to be answered in the Bible. But a lot of them are not directly relevant to the fact that Jesus came, and He died in accordance with the Scriptures, and He was buried and raised in accordance with the Scriptures. And then He appeared to many people, and He has ascended to heaven and is reigning on a throne. And that's good news for you, right? That's the gospel message. There are a lot of details and interesting questions that people might ask that we can say, you know, we'll get there. We'll talk about that. Let's talk about this core gospel message first.
0: Oh, I love it. Y'all can't see me, but I feel like I need to stand and give Noah an applause right now. Yeah, I mean, that's 1 Corinthians 15. Yeah. What is of first importance? Uh, sometimes, uh, to be quite honest, and I don't mean this to be unkind, I think sometimes uh, we just don't fully grasp what is the gospel. Yeah. What is the message of the gospel and what is it that makes that such good news? Who is that all about? Uh, we think those are very fundamental questions, and everybody knows that That's going into a study about the gospel. Not necessarily.
1: Right, right. And and something that pairs with that, in this is something that I read recently, and it was really challenging to me because I hadn't necessarily thought of it from this perspective before. But this increases the importance of knowing who we're talking to, is that person, we can share the good news with them, but they still have to count the cost. of committing to Jesus. And so the better we know their life situation, their background, their level of understanding, the better we can help them understand. Now, you know, if you decide to commit to Christ, you have to recognize this is going to require life change and heart change from you. And that's not going to be easy. And I think that that's that's part of helping someone to... um, helping someone to Jesus, right? Part of taking their hand and making a disciple out of them is acknowledging to them ahead of time and helping them see this is going to be the cost and you have to count it. It's totally worth it, but you can't go in blind. You know, that was challenging to me. And so I think that that's something that that marries very well between remembering the heart of the gospel, but also remembering the person that you're sharing the gospel with.
0: I have offered this. You know, just be aware. I'm not saying attack uh, the translation that the other person is using. I mean, a Bible study is just that. Take the Bible. We don't need right. to go in there with workbooks and lesson sheets. and uh, Just take the Bible uh, and say, hey, we're going to study the Gospel of Mark. Yeah. Uh, the reason I offer just just know up front the translation that the person is going to be using in that Bible study with you. as their Bible. You want it open. Is if they have a certain translation where there's an entire text of scripture or maybe a verse, and you're reading it and they're looking at it, and then they look at you with this blank stare, mm-hmm. and then they say, That's not in my Bible. <laughs> yeah. You're reading from Mark, that's not in my Bible. You're reading from Acts, that verse is not in my Bible. I got a marginal reference that says this. How is that being processed by someone who's not a Christian, someone who's prone to question Mm -hmm. uh, the authenticity of the Scripture? So just be aware of that. I'm not saying have that conversation. I'm not saying tell them, you can't use this translation. Just be aware that that potentially could come up before it does come up. Yeah. Does that make sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and depending on the situation, right now we've talked a significant amount about you know sitting down one on one, kind of pre uh, pre planned studying time, and and in those kinds of situations, you can even supply a text to them. You know, you can say, here I've printed off you know the the first uh, five chapters or first seven chapters of Matthew. And in the English standard version, you know that's and that's what I teach out of. You know, mm-hmm. you can you can do things like that, but I think it'd be good. But you know, before we before we end, it might, it might be good to back up as well and look at some ideas of evangelism, not in quite as formal a setting, but just acknowledging the fact that talking about Jesus can feel awkward, mm-hmm. and and bringing it up um finding ways to to bring it up in conversation can make you feel like you you know you don't want to just shoehorn it in and then you feel real awkward and but also understanding that it's there are opportunities all around us it, the i mean like I said earlier you don't need to know every answer but you also you don't need more time than you have and you don't need more opportunities than you already have in order to evangelize they're all around us they are all around us mm-hmm. and so What we have to do is we have to have the awareness to see those opportunities and the desire to take advantage of them. It's important we have to have the knowledge to say, here's what the good news is. But we also have have to have the humility and the love necessary to see the opportunity and to say, I'm going to take advantage of that
0: opportunity. And the fact is that it's still going to feel awkward. (laughs) It's going to feel awkward. It'll feel awkward for me. If it is not in my personality, I don't, you know, Jesus is just some, somebody I talk about when I'm with other Jesus people, Christians right. on, on Sunday. But it's it's not somebody I weave into my conversation with my neighbors, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I would have people think about that. I mean, if 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 my faith and my passion is connected to Christ, then Christ ought to be in conversations maybe more than he is. Yeah. So that's just something to think about. The other thing I would offer, you talk about uh, opportunities. Uh, as I have learned over the last 30 plus years, for me, typically I find more opportunities in the month of December than any other month out of the year. Uh, that's a fair point. So, again, I would offer this. It's a, it's a scriptural principle, uh, walking wisdom toward outsiders. There are certain things that you don't need to try to correct in someone else. Uh, can this be an opportunity to share Jesus? Can this be an opportunity to share spiritual things to build a bridge? I'm never asking anybody to compromise their integrity, their faith, or to violate their conscience. Right? I'm just saying wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. So how do I build a bridge? People are thinking about things potentially in the month of December that they weren't thinking about. In October. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, Lord, if I know that's the case, how can I turn this conversation into a direction that maybe in the next few days or a few weeks, it presents an opportunity. Yeah. That's all I'm looking for. I want an opportunity. Yeah. Speaking
1: of opportunities, I have uh, another thing that I think helps us recognize opportunities and perhaps feel a little less awkward about opportunities. Um, And... It may seem a little counterintuitive at first. There's so much that we could talk about with this and we just can't with, with the limited time that we have, but I want to make sure to share this one. Your kids, as we've talked about, teaching kids is not my natural bent. It's not my my forte. It's not my natural strength. And so being a parent has challenged me in that area and grown me in that area because I have to be able to, you know, talk to my four-year-old and And teach him things, spiritual and physical things, right? Well, talk about an opportunity to learn how to talk about Jesus. Our kids, for for anyone listening who has kids, they are not only our easiest opportunity, they are our best and most important opportunity to evangelize. Amen. If we are not evangelizing to our kids, we are failing them. And that's, that's just the hard truth of the matter. But then there are benefits that come from that, not just the fact that we're, we're teaching our kids the truth of the gospel and hopefully we're raising them in the training and admonition of the Lord to be servants of his for the rest of their lives. But we ourselves are learning how to talk because that's everyday conversation. You're with your kids every day, and you're trying to teach them and show them the, the, the right ways to walk in and why Jesus is important and, and the fact that God loves them and did this for them. We're learning how to converse about Jesus, mm-hmm. and we can take some of those skills. I'm not saying go out on the streets and talk to everyone like they're four years old. That is not what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but what I am saying is we learn important skills um, from those interactions that then help us see and seize other opportunities in our lives. Yes, I love it. I love it.
0: Well, uh, Noah, I want us to pray about, uh, I, I mentioned the importance of prayer as it connects to everything, but just wanted us to pray together before we close out this episode. I want to lead that prayer and then turn it over to you and let you give an explanation of where we're going as uh, in the next uh, few weeks or so. Okay, let's, let's do it. God, we're thankful and we're so grateful that you are our God and our Father. Uh, you know what we do not know, you can see what we cannot see, and we trust you, we lean on you. We know that you are powerful, we know that you are good. We're so thankful for the provision of your son Jesus, the hope that we have because of him, the message of the gospel, the good news that we can share. Father, we know there's power in that message. We don't want to sidestep this the teaching and preaching and the sharing of your son, and our Savior Jesus, Father, we're praying for opportunities in faith uh those that you would bring into our lives, those that we uh, have in our neighborhoods uh those that we're around because our kids are connected to their kids, we just want to have an opportunity to get people to have their eyes open to Jesus and who He is, and the eternal life that's made possible through him. Uh, God give us wisdom. Uh, We're mindful, Father, of those uh, that are dealing with difficult days. Uh, We just pray for your blessings to pay upon them, that you would measure out your favor and your blessing in the way that you choose. We ask for your will to be done because we trust in you. Thank you for loving us and setting us free through your son, Jesus. And we ask all these things in his name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Paul. Well, as you mentioned,
1: things are going to be a little bit different over the next few weeks. So uh, we're we're mindful of the fact that this is a highly busy uh, time of year, and and I would say thankfully it tends to be a family oriented, family focused time of year, and and I'm very encouraging of that. And, um, so after some discussion, Paul and I have decided that for the month of December, you know, we just encourage you. To, uh, to be very present with your families, and uh, we're going to be trying to do the same. And so we are going to be taking a break through the month of December from, uh, from producing these episodes, and our plan is to pick back up uh, in Season 4, continuing the discussion of 21st century discipleship, we plan on picking that back up on Monday, January 8th. So the holiday season will come with all of its craziness and, and fun and busyness and uh, and time with family. And then we'll, we'll let that go by and we'll pick this uh, season four back up on January 8th. We look forward to you guys uh, joining us then. And we pray that over the next several weeks that you will have a, a good time with your loved ones and that you will continue to stand strong in the Lord. Thanks for joining us in God's Word today. We hope you'll continue to join us each week as we consider how to deepen our faith in God.
0: Here's some good news today and even this week. With God as our foundation, we know that we can stand strong.